0: Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Learn French Brooklyn, the podcast. Today, we're talking with Landon Care. Landon first moved to Paris in 2012 and has been living here full time for the last three years. Together, we talked about what it's like moving to Paris from the US, adapting to the culture and mastering the French language. So sit back, close your eyes and imagine you're in Paris. Hi, Landon. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I discovered your your Instagram. I also discovered your, your website and I thought it was very informative the way you talked about your experience of learning French and then moving to Paris because it didn't seem like you had family ties or anything prior to moving, right?
1: Not really. Um, so my aunt, she's kind of like a cousin aunt, um, lived in Paris for about 15 years. And so I did study abroad here in 2012. And I lived with her and her family. Um, but when I moved here full-time, she was actually um, back in the States.
0: I was wondering if prior to moving, you had any preconception or ideas of what things would look like?
1: So before I studied abroad, I was kind of nervous. I just thought, I I think, you know, there's a little bit of a perception in, in your head. Sometimes that Parisians are snobby and, you know, French people aren't very warm and friendly. So I was, I had that in my mind, especially being from Texas where people are just in the South. People are generally very like smiley and happy. And I was kind of like, oh no. And the first day day that I got to school, we did our orientation and they were kind of telling us like what to do, what not to do. And I remember them saying like, don't make eye contact with people in the metro. Like don't smile at people. Like people won't smile at you back. And I was kind of like, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to say it's been completely true, but sometimes I will be walking down the street and I'll see like a neighbor, for example, who's maybe like an older Parisian And I'll try and smile at them or wave at them. And they just kind of like look down. And it's funny, my boyfriend says, oh, that's that's Parisian. And it's not French, it's just Parisian. (laughs) So there are definitely some, you know, there's some truth to it
0: yeah definitely it, it feels like there's a, a very a broad difference in terms of uh, how people would react to this just like very small interactions uh here and in the rest of the world probably and, and so i was wondering if when you first came to for the study abroad program were you already uh studying french at the time
1: no. So actually I took Spanish all throughout high school and then I placed out in university. So my plan was always to study abroad in Spain, but because I placed out of the language hours, I didn't realize it was just kind of like um, an error on my part, but I needed to have taken the hours at university. So I couldn't study in Spain. So I kind of just asked, I said, where can I go? And they told me you can go to Paris because it was an English it was a business school program. So it was all in English. And so I was just kind of like, okay. And so that was the first time I'd taken French and I was just in the very, very basic class, which was basically like, learn your phone number, learn how to tell your address, like basic survival skills. But it was great for me because I, the teacher, she had such an impact on me. Just her approach was, this is what you need for practical life. You don't need to learn how to write all these things and where to put the accent and even, you know, just things like that. It made it so much more like, okay, this is, this is kind of manageable. And I felt like at the end of the semester, I was not a pro at French at all, but I knew a lot of the foods. I knew a lot of the colors, basic vocabulary, things that, you know, made me feel like, okay, I can, kind of live in Paris.
0: And I I read also on your website that once you were living in in Paris you kept uh, taking formal classes.
1: Yes so I took classes at a small school called Lutece Long and that was great. It was such a great experience just to really meet friends but also really to have a routine in my day which it was so new to me, and because I'm a freelancer, I didn't have that structure of getting up and going to work, so it was nice to get up, and I did my classes in the morning, and just to be able to also kind of feel like I had human interaction in the morning, because everybody in the U.S. was still asleep, so it, mornings could kind of be difficult, but the this, this school was just a great way for me to make friends, feel a little bit of a community, but also really Improve my French quickly. And um,
0: you, you mentioned very humbly on the website as well that you still feel like your French is not perfect today. And what what would be the, the biggest challenge you face in your interactions in French?
1: I think I've gotten more confident. I think it still is a little bit of a confidence issue, but also I'll have like the perfect sentence in my head, and then I open my mouth, and it just kind of jumbles out or I'll say something and realize right after I say it like oh I use the wrong gender or I should but I'm not letting that get to me as much like I'm just kind of trying to speak and I think that helps a lot more it's still though it's consistency when I'm consistently speaking more it's better and when I kind of am not speaking as much like right now during lockdown or or whatever this is i'm not really talking to as many people so it's hard to kind of feel like i'm continuing to improve
0: i feel like even french people are losing their french from not speaking as much uh to to others uh weird period and and so i also discovered your work as a travel advisor when in the process of living in in france do you decide of uh Uh, working as a travel advisor?
1: So I actually was kind of doing it before I moved here, not in an official capacity, but just helping people with their trips, friends and family. And then I would kind of get friends of a friend who would come to me. And I really loved it. It was so much fun for me just either planning something for someone or taking a look at what they'd come up with and making some tweaks. And so I kind of been doing it and I've done it the whole time I was I've been living here I was working with an American company but then I decided to go out on my own in December 2019 which the timing was great with the pandemic but it's okay it's been really um, just great to kind of connect with people on Instagram and online in the meantime and it's so encouraging to see how many people are so excited to travel to France once it's possible again, and hopefully that will be soon.
0: So, so typically if someone is uh, has a plan to travel to France and they contact you, in what way can you assist them?
1: I really do anything that people need, whether it's just somebody has a list of reservations that they want and they just want me to call and make them. Or if they want me to plan their entire trip from, you know, it can be a month in France all around. I can do absolutely everything. I can just book hotels. I mean, that's kind of what I like. I just like to be able to help as many people as possible and in, in whatever way possible. I'm actually working with some groups now, which is fun. It's I like to just try different, different, you know, avenues.
0: I also discovered uh, another portion of, of your website, or well, I think even a, a second website, which uh, I really liked because I, I feel like we have a, a shared passion for French antiques. You have uh, La Porte Bonheur, which is uh, another side of your businesses as well.
1: Yeah, so that was actually kind of um, a lockdown project. I've always been interested in antiques. Um, and the first time I came to Paris... With my family, we went to Pouss, and I was just kind of like, wow, this is antiques on a whole nother level. So while I was kind of waiting for travel to come back, I was thinking about something that I could do, and I actually spent the first lockdown in Normandy, and we were having lots of different you know, meals around the table, and I was with my boyfriend's family, and they were just pulling out all of these beautiful porcelain plates and silver and things that I normally think of as being reserved for special occasions but I realized they're really you know you have to use them they're not really doing much just sitting in the the cabinet waiting to be used so it inspired me to kind of share that with others so I started collecting antiques going to brocons flea markets and then putting them online and so I ship I can ship anywhere. Some of the things are actually now in the United States because that's where the bulk of my customers are. So it's it's easier to ship to them. But I've also kind of expanded and I've put some photos for sale on the website too. So it's kind of keeps evolving. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: So it it started as a a lockdown project. It's from less Mm -hmm. than a year ago.
1: Yeah. So I, the, the idea came to me, I guess, probably about a year ago uh-huh. in April. And then when we came back to Paris in June, when things started opening up again, that's when I started collecting. And I think I officially launched in September, I think.
0: So do you see so maybe a, like a sort of a crossover between your travel advising business and the flea fee markets or things like that? Is there, do you see any... Yes.
1: People definitely, there's a lot of requests for, you know, kind of the antiquing spots, whether it's just stores or the markets. And I think it's such an interesting personal thing to be able to do, to be able to go and look and find something that really calls to you. You know, what I pick might not be what someone else picks. So it is definitely. And it's great because I've learned a lot about how to negotiate and who the best vendors are so that's something that's really nice to be able to share with my travel planning clients.
0: And so you you mentioned of course the the fact that there's this weird period in France with this sort of semi lockdown and uh I was wondering if there was a few aspects of life in Paris that you miss. Uh
1: yes, the first thing that comes to mind is just cafe morning coffee just being able to sit and kind of watch people go by. And that's what I miss the most. Um, it's it's just kind of strange walking in Paris, but not being able to stop and kind of take your time. And I, I miss that so much. Um, I mean, I miss restaurants too. <laughs> I miss restaurants a lot, yeah. but I know that's not unique to Paris. I think something that just, there's such a the cafe life is something that's so important and it it's now i've gotten used to it like walking by and not seeing the terrace and all that but at first that was the thing that struck me as so just heartbreaking is seeing it it's just like a part of paris was missing
0: and maybe on the more like positive side are there any things that you discover in this uh, new new period, any new activities that you started in in Paris?
1: Something that for me that I discovered—it's kind of like a rediscovery almost. I think without all of the people, you really notice the beauty of the city, like the small details on the building, especially on the Louvre. I feel like every time I walk by, there's a new little sculpture built into the building that I've never seen before, and I think when it's empty, you're really able to see that more. So I've appreciated that. Although at first it was, again, it was kind of a sadness seeing Paris so empty. And I realized that again, um, I guess last weekend after the lockdown, whatever this is, was announced, it felt like Paris cleared out again. And it was like, wow, this is really empty. This is so Bizarre, but at the same time, it's so beautiful, and I feel so lucky to be able to see Paris like this because I know I hope it will never happen again in my lifetime. And I know not a lot of people get to say that they've seen Paris like this in their lifetime.
0: Yeah, and I was about to ask you uh, your handle on, on social media is Paris with London. What is Paris with London? How would you define it?
1: When I started this Instagram, it was really just to show kind of my daily life in Paris, which, you know, If you follow me for a while, you're probably like, yes, this girl does the same thing every day. You know, she goes to the cafe, she has a coffee, like there's the picture of the coffee. There she's taking another, yeah, the dog. There's another picture of the Louvre. I mean, it's kind of the same thing, but I really have liked being able to share my Paris, which is different than, you know, your Paris and someone else's Paris. And I think for me, it's been so nice being able to connect with so many people who love Paris but who also, you know, kind of love the same Paris as me. They're you know, they've either stayed close to where I live or they say, Oh, that's my favorite cafe or this is my door of my apartment and I love just how small it's made the world feel.